Hello there, Online Impact members. Listening to the OIMOP replay, uh, let me hit you with a few takeaways from today's live call. This is not actually the live call. I just got off with Jess from the Fine Year. We talked about a lot of things, launching and how to deal with ideas. I want to present maybe one or two takeaways and then answer some Jermaine uh, questions that a few of you had just emailed me out of the loop that I want to chat about. First of all, this idea of focus and having a lot of ideas and new strategies to test. Maybe I want to do a podcast. Maybe I want to YouTube, this other product idea or all this stuff. Um, I, I'll, I'll try and make this short because I actually have a separate podcast episode and YouTube video that is coming out on the Do You and Blog channel like in a week or two. And you can go learn more there. But the point is, I recently was listening to a podcast where the guest was talking about focus and how they know they should focus in business. And what, what was my number one project, my number one goal, number one strategy, whatever. But applying that day in and day out is actually really tough. We all know this, probably. But something he said resonated with me on this podcast. He said, real focus is uncomfortable. I heard this like three weeks ago, and I've been I've been talking about this to everybody since. So maybe you've heard this uh, from me in the past couple of weeks because I've been thinking about it all the time. Real focus is uncomfortable. And part of the reason it's uncomfortable is because you're not just saying no to things you don't want to do. Real focus is saying no to things you do want to do or things that you are currently doing that are working, that are making money, that are growing. These things still saying no to those, still taking those ideas and putting them on the back burner for a later date. That is uncomfortable for me, for sure. And so I don't have any specific advice for any of you, but it's worth considering which of the things that I'm currently doing can I drop, even if it still makes me feel uncomfortable. We know asking that question without the uncomfortable part of it is like, well, I could maybe drop this or maybe drop this, but I need to be doing this one and this one and this one. Well, when we add uncomfortable into that sentence, it becomes, well, actually dropping most of these things makes me feel uncomfortable, but maybe I should do it anyways. What's the one thing that is like, well, this is probably the most uncomfortable. <laughs> this is what I really need to be doing, knowing that you can always come back and pick up those other things at a later date. There you go. I'll have more in a podcast or YouTube video coming out in a week or two, but I just want to say that. Okay. Let me uh, move on to a few questions here on the OIMOP replay. So this is from, uh, well, I'll just keep it anonymous. So my website is brand spanking new. This is for somebody who already has like a little bit of a side hustle, but it's, an, it's a new website. What's a good way to start generating traffic? I'm going to give you my honest opinion here. A very small search volume keywords for SEO. And here's exactly what I would do. I would go to Pete's YouTube channel and I would look at my lowfruits.io tutorial. Lowfruits is a SEO tool. It's very, very cheap. It's like the cheapest. And it's specifically designed to find good keywords for newer websites in the first year, really. It's low volume, but still decent volume, as it turns out. <laughs> Just because these SEO tools say there's low volume for this, no one's searching for this, that doesn't actually mean it's true. And I found that out firsthand running my own niche site the past year. So if you have a brand new website, even if it's not 
a niche site, even if you're not going to be doing SEO for years and that's your main revenue source, but you do want to start getting relevant eyeballs on it, traffic, this is exactly what I would do. Go to my Love Fruits tutorial, find 50 keywords that you can turn into articles. And this will probably be over like two or three different categories. Um, dog walking, for example. <laughs> dog walk. Okay, now I might as well like call him out. Eddie, I'm, I'm talking to Eddie here. Eddie has like a dog walking business. He teaches people how to do dog walking as a side hustle, which is really cool. So you might have some things on how to dog walk the systems. Like, do you need a website as a dog walker? Do you, what apps are available? That sort of stuff. You might have stuff on uh, general side hustle stuff, like accounting for side hustlers or that other stuff. Um, business. Do I need a uh, four? Not a four hundred one k. Do I need a? Uh, do I need to be an LLC? That's what I was looking for. One of those acronyms to be a dog walker. Or you might have how to find dog walking clients, marketing acquisition for dog walkers. Uh, some of these different categories. Just start Googling around and using low fruits or some other tool. Again, you keep it free or very low cost and come up with like 50 article ideas. And 50 may sound like an overwhelming number of articles to produce. But the thing with these lower volume keywords is they're not necessarily 3000 word articles. You could write 500 to 1000 words for a lot of these types of articles. And that's not selling it short. That's not bad content. That's more than enough in a lot of these scenarios. So I would honestly start doing that as fast as humanly possible too. I would do like 10 articles in the first month and then you could drip it out to like maybe, you know, once a week or something like that until you have like 50 and then you could stop, right? But if I have a brand new website, I'm going to front load with some articles, low fruit, so to speak, lower volume keywords. Um, and then I would just do that for a set period of time and then kind of forget about it. You can keep blogging if you want to, but then you can focus on other areas of the business. So that answers that question. Oh, here is da, 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 da. Uh, I'm, I'm active. Here's another question. I'm active on several Facebook groups related to my niche. And I thought about continuing to answer questions in there and then get close to promoting by saying something like, and here's a great blog I wrote on this. If you want to dive deeper, However, I'm not the moderator of these groups. They're not my groups. So I definitely don't want to come across as spammy or self-promotional and so on and so forth. Uh, you still think I should do it and see what happens. I still think you should do it and see what happens uh, with two things in mind. Number one, if it feels overly self-promotional, it could be interpreted as such. And that's just the way things are. Number two, if you are an active member of a community, it's almost always going to be okay. And by active member, I mean, you're not just spamming your own links. You're also just being helpful. Maybe you ask your own questions every now and then. When people see your name and your profile picture on Facebook or anywhere for that matter, and they associate you as somebody who's a member of the community, posting your links is generally completely fine, especially if it's in the comments, not a main post. Like, hey, I wrote a blog post. Go check it out. I would never do that. But if you're commenting with an answer to somebody or you're helping somebody and you're like, also, if you want to learn more, here's this. As long as you're somewhat recognized by this person or the mods or the community as, as a whole, you don't have to be like famous in these groups. But as long as you're doing some other things, chances are it's completely fine. The last thing I'll say, and I actually responded to somebody else asking this, you can always just ask an admin if it's okay. And just be really upfront and honest. Be like, hey, I'm not just going to post my links and be self-promotional. Like I'm here helping out and I will answer the question in the comments, 
but I always have more resources. Is it okay if I include those down in the comments, just in case people want to see it? If you phrased it like that, nine out of 10 moderators are going to be absolutely fine with it. Again, especially if they have seen your name at least one or two or three times before you ask them this. If it's a random person, they've never heard of you, your chances go down quite a bit. So be a part of the community, do it in a respectful way, mostly do it in the comments and add value, not just, hey, go check out an article I wrote. I think you're actually going to be really fine. And Facebook can actually be really powerful in some of these groups. So try it and see what happens. Next question here. Uh, two more. Duh, 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 duh. Podcasting and podcast hosting. Um, Red Circle. This is from uh, Bruce. He's received tens of thousands of downloads for the podcast in the last several months. Things are accelerating and going well. And he's still using Red Circle for free. They've been very solid, responding to support, never an issue with RSS, et cetera, et cetera. Um, da, 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 da. I generally don't fix what's not broken, but I'm looking for business sustainability right now. Is it worth me going and checking out another podcast host provider, Buzzsprout or some other platform? I don't really want to change, but is there a compelling reason for these other services? And my answer is no, 100% not. I like Buzzsprout. I pay for Buzzsprout. Um, Actually, I don't even think I need to anymore. I should probably reevaluate that. I do like Buzzsprout. That's one of my favorites out of all the ones I've tried. But quite frankly, my listeners don't know the difference. They don't. Like I edit off side of the platform, off the platform, although they have built in Alphonic, which is actually really cool. No one else really has that. Um, but my listeners don't know the difference between my Red Circle podcast <laughs> that I uploaded there or the it's the same audio that reaches their ears. And if you're happy with the service at Red Circle and you don't need some of the fancier features, then absolutely don't switch. Not worth the money. Red Circle's great and it's free. Your listeners never be able to tell the difference. And well, again, this goes down to what you need and what you want. But honestly, a lot of those features aren't going to save you that much time or energy, then no, totally not worth it. All right, last question. And then I will move on. I don't want to take any sponsors yet as I barely have time to produce the podcast and I'm trying to keep the brand very clean. Crowdfunding seems to be an option here. Do you have any thoughts on crowdfunding sites and launching uh, crowdfunding? Patreon, Ko-Fi, and there are many others like Kickstarter sort of stuff. Um, I'm looking for ongoing periodic contributions. So here's my thoughts on this. It's always going to be a lot harder than you think. Asking people for money for things when they get something in return that is very specific and best case tangible is a lot easier than asking people for donations. Even if they, they do get something, they get your content. We know this about crowdfunding, right? And Patreon and that sort of stuff. But it's a much harder sell. It's a harder pitch. It is harder marketing. Now, if you are a Kevin Kelly's a thousand true fans where you literally have a thousand people that would pay you for dirt if you bottled it up and sold it, if that's you and your brand and Bruce, I don't think you're there yet. I'm not there yet. <laughs> None of us that I know are really at that point yet where we have 1000 just diehard true fans that would just drop $100 on us without even asking what it is. I don't think any of us in Online Impact have that yet. There's some that are close. But if you don't have that, crowdfunding is still going to be a lot of work. And then the last question I have for you is, if you only get 10 people supporting you at $3 a month, is that worth it? $30 a month. Is that worth all the time and energy you spend setting it up, 
and then including links and then talking about it on the show. Is that worth it? And 10 people, that's actually, that's actually a lot for anybody for when it comes to like a Patreon supporter. It's actually harder than you think to get people to subscribe. That said, it is fairly easy to set up the ROI that I just mentioned. Is it worth it? Even if you'd only get like a hundred bucks a month, is that worth it? Well, the good news is the cost is relatively small. You don't pay Patreon. I don't know about Ko-Fi and some of these other ones, but you don't pay Patreon until you start making money, right? They take a percentage of what you earn and that's fine, whatever. But actually setting it up is actually pretty simple and easy. So it's low cost. My recommendation would be, why not try it? You can always cancel people's subscriptions. If you have like, oh, five people supported me, but it's been three months and not a whole lot of revenue and a whole lot of people coming in. I think I might want to stop this. You can always just cancel it. That's fine. And those people will understand. So try to think of a compelling offer, why people should support you, and then try it out for a couple of months. That's my my personal thoughts there. Um, you could also do the buy me a cup of coffee things. I think it's actually like buymeacoffee.com or something. There's actually two or three people that do this where you can literally just have like a donation button on your website. That's actually what Raina and I did for the Unbusy podcast. And we had two or three people like pay us a little bit of money, buy us some multiple coffees. That's kind of nice. It's not groundbreaking revenue by any means, but it paid for the hosting of the website for a year, right? Um, just a little stuff like that. You could try that too. All right. I'm going to let you guys go. Thank you for listening to the OIMOP replay. If you need me, Pete at doyouandblog.com or hit me up in Slack with any questions you have, or if you want to chat through challenges, issues, I'm here for you. Thank you guys for listening and I'll catch you next time.